Welcome to the Wizards of Dribble podcast. My name is David Cowlishaw and I'm joined by Tom Thrower. Hi, evening, afternoon, morning, maybe. All bases covered. Uh, Welcome to the transfer window kind of recap special. Uh, It's roughly half past eight on transfer deadline day. We've just about absorbed all the comings and goings from Stoke City. Two men in on deadline day after Scott Hogan's arrival yesterday. So uh, plenty of business coming in the door at the Bet365 Stadium. Also some departures as well, which we'll get to. Um, And I I suppose the way I'm going to run through all these deals and kind of get your take on them, Tom, is to kind of go kind of position by position. And I think the, the biggest discussion that was generated today revolved around the centre-forwards. As I mentioned, Scott Hogan joined on loan from Aston Villa yesterday. Benikafobi has joined Bristol City on loan. Uh, added to that, we've got Saido Berahino's departure being confirmed. And uh, the kind of the damp squib of the whole transfer window has been Dwight Gale very much remaining at Newcastle United. So uh, overall then, looking at the players we have now, how do you feel about our forward options? Um, I'm much more happy that it's a phobie who Hogan's replaced than it is Campbell. I think there was a lot of justified worry that we were going to bring in another sort of mid to late 20s striker in, in Hogan or, or Gale, who we chase, seem to have chased for forever. Um, and that come at the cost of Campbell, whereas I now feel... He's got a lot more of a chance. I'll be very surprised if it isn't Campbell who starts um, at Charlton, seeing as Hogan's only going to have been in the building for like three days or whatever. Um, and I just feel like because no one has a a, a, a a history at the club with Jones other than Vokes, um, that Campbell's just got a massive opportunity to come forward. And on, on Hogan, I'm, I've seen a lot of people lamenting a phobie leaving and I... I sympathise with that and I sympathise with Afobi because I think he has been really poorly treated by the fan base. Um, I think he's one of those players who's struggled confidence-wise and it's led to him being singled out and it's led to just awful things. He got jeered off on uh, Saturday and that's a horrible thing for for anyone on the first game of the season. Um, but I'm not that... I don't feel we're going to miss a phobie. Um, I mean, just just looking at the numbers, um, Hogan, not not last season, but the season before at Villa, which was sort of considered as this total failure of a season for Hogan, um, had better numbers, uh, had better goals per minute uh, per ninety minutes, better expected goals per ninety minutes, and a better conversion rate between the two than a phobie did. So I feel 
anaphobia I don't think has much of a history aside from a a very good spell um, under Nuno where he basically came off the bench and scored every other week and when he initially broke through um, at Wolves I I just don't feel there's much um, weight to him as a striker and now I'm saying all this he'll go and bag a load of goals Mm. for Bristol because that's how it works Uh, Bristol City sorry for people I'm about to do that with another player as well Um, I will just say Sheffield but yeah yeah, uh, so uh, there's kind of two questions uh, relating to a phobia. Uh, the first of which is, uh, was he hounded out by the fans? Uh, is that why he's leaving? Is that really the reason we've decided to loan out our top goal scorer last season? Yes, it was only nine goals, but still our top goal scorer last season. And the, the second question is, how much stock has Nathan Jones placed in that first game? considering that it looked like Benekafobi was possibly even his first choice striker going into the season, at least his second choice. How has he gone from starter to being uh, loaned out within the space of a week? Is it relating to the first question? Is it solely that that horrible uh, toxic atmosphere manifestation uh, against QPR that, that has led to this? Because uh, I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of the same as you. I, I don't rate Benekafobi. I, I think he's never really got going here at at Stoke, and yet I, I just feel it's inevitable he's going to bag at least 15 for Bristol City. I just feel like that's definitely going to happen. Um, so what, what, what is it? Why is, why is this suddenly sprung up? I. See, so on the on the whole, sort of, a lot of people have been talking about why on earth have we given a phobia all of this game time if we're just going to get rid of him? I think the thing you've got to consider if if Vokes and Gregory are competing for the target Manny role, and it was a phobia and Campbell competing since preseason started, a phobia and including the the um, the game against QPR, a phobia's only played fifty minutes more than Campbell. Um, because Jones has split the squad pretty much, and yes, okay, a phobia was with what you'd consider the first team, what became the first team in that first game against QPR. Um, I feel if you if you watch the highlights of the Leicester game and the uh, QPR game, I think you'll see enough to to understand why Jones has maybe not shit the bed, but for lack of a better phrase, shit the bed. Um, I feel he's tried to give a phobia as much chance as he could to just just blossom into something because it has looked like he's always there. I, I think one thing you definitely can't criticise a phobia for is his willingness to get in behind, to get into the positions that strikers love. But when he does, Jesus, he's in Stoke, in Stoke shirt. He's been terrible. I mean... I watched um, one of the one of the people who's quite big on analytics Twitter, and who's a Bristol fan, and um, focuses on a lot of their stuff. Put a video up of some of his goals, and the first thing that stuck out to me was pretty much all of the goals for Stoke came before November 2018. Um, it, it's amazing how quickly a phobia declined because I mean he was top. I think when he'd scored twice at Sheffield Wednesday, he was joint top scorer with with six or something and he ended up the season finishing the season with eight league goals so I think and you've got to remember that that's pretty much the entirety of the time Jones has been there and 
if if we would have had a striker who could have kicked on and scored some goals, we probably would have had a lot better of a finish under Jones and there'd be a lot less pressure on him. So I'm not that shocked that a phobie is being a casualty at the end of the window. Mm. And he's also joined a kind of long and ever-growing list of Stoke strikers who haven't been that mystical 20-goal-a-season man. It's almost as if, Tom, that... Uh, a striker's goal return might be due to other factors on the pitch as well, P- possibly in terms of like supply or creativity from I don't know the midfield or something. Who knows? Uh, what 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 will uh, Scott Hogan bring to the uh, side then? Uh, yeah, like I say, mixed response to this, kind of underwhelming. A lot of people had their hearts set on Dwight Gale, and uh, Scott Hogan uh, definitely not got the same. Uh, prestige or numbers or price tag even as uh, Dwight Gale. What 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 is Scott Hogan? Is he a last minute panic buy because we couldn't get Gale in? He definitely seems to be an option B or maybe even an option C, doesn't he? Um, and yeah, he's had a tough time since he left Brentford and that puts him on an equally long list as our list of strikers who haven't done so well. I mean, it seems to be a very common theme that you leave Brentford and suddenly you uh, you can't play football anymore, mm. which seems to maybe have something to do with what you were getting at earlier about the playing football and creating chances and other things. But um, I, the thing that I've taken the most heart from um, with Hogan is I've spoken to uh, Villa friend uh, Villa Villa fan friends, um, and whilst they have been somewhat negative in their criticism of his finishing, um, there's definitely been a clear message of he will work hard and he will run into the channels. Um, And again, I I take the Sheffield United fans' word quite strongly, um, especially from Blades Analytic, from Jay on Twitter. Um, He said he seems to be a very good striker. He just couldn't get into their team because McGoldrick and... um, and Sharp had formed such a quality partnership. And I think when you think about how good McGoldrick and Sharp were last season, for someone to say that this player seemed to be on par to them, but just really had no realistic chance of getting in, I'm not confident. I think it's, again, it's another one of those signings that we seem to have a squad full of this season who have a point to prove, who are there saying, look, either I've finally got my shot at a big level or I've got a chance to show myself again. So... Yeah, I'm quietly optimistic about Hogan. So, in terms of uh, the four strikers then, are we saying Vokes and Campbell possibly first choice and then Gregory back up for Vokes and Hogan back up to Campbell? Is that where we see the squad now? I suspect Hogan probably has a better shot at first choice, but obviously in the short term, um, Campbell's got playing through the whole of pre-season, knowing the system much better um, over him. So I think Campbell might have two or three games, especially in the league games, to really push himself out. But I think, again, it gets to something that I think a lot of people have talked about this season. I don't think there is any first choice. I think if you're playing best, you're training best, Jones will put you in if the other person isn't delivering. Um, So... Yeah, we've got four equal communist strikers. <laughs> they all share. They're all sharing commodities. We've we kind of spoke about Dwight Gale on the last podcast, so we don't want to kind of go over old ground when it comes to uh, the pros and cons of Dwight Gale. He hasn't come, so probably best not to waste too 
any time uh, talking about him. Um, two departures, well, two more departures from the the forward department. Very, very contrasting. Uh, one a kind of confirmation. Uh, well, they were both kind of confirmations of. Uh, something we knew was going to happen anyway, but uh, Bojan's exit was confirmed. He's now a Montreal Impact player. Uh, very, very classy uh, message to the fans. Uh, just uh, floods of well wishes from, I think, even people on Twitter who were kind of maybe Bojan critical or Bojan skeptic were, were like really forthright in wishing him all the best because, uh, regardless of uh, how you saw his role in his like latter years at Stoke. He is one of the best players we've seen wear wear a Stoke shirt. He's one of the kind of uh, what kind of one of the best people as well. Certainly in terms of relationship with the fans, it, he's been absolutely lovely. Uh, and of course, we wish him all the best in Canada. And then contrast that to the statement. What a statement it was. I, I, Fra- <laughs> is it Fraser Nicholson? Uh, I doff my cap. Uh, puts out a, a one-sentence statement uh, confirming that Saido Berahino has left Stoke City by mutual consent. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of uh, blown up even more today with Glenn Johnson's comments on Talk Sport, uh, basically talking about Saido Berahino's disruptive influence at Stoke not turning up to training on time, not wearing the right clothes, uh, told an anecdote about how he'd basically forced the whole team to be called in on Sunday and then phoned in sick on Sunday. Uh, and that's just one anecdote. There's also all the other off-the-pitch stuff we, we know about from various tabloids and things. Um, Imagine being a manager who hung your entire reputation on signing in. That must be terrible. What an awful thing that must have been to have done. Bloody pissing Mark Hughes. Yeah. Um, but he, he has had people speak up for him. Uh, notable bastions of the community, Ravel Morrison and Stan Collymore, leapt to his defence today. Uh, um, Ravel Morrison went in on Glenn Johnson, just said, oh, you're trying to ruin a guy's career. Um Stan Collymore like try to high road it a bit, talking about Berahino's background, and it, I think we've acknowledged previously on this podcast Berahino does have a tragic childhood and tragic upbringing. Uh, but as as a twenty six year old, given chance after chance after chance, uh, I'm just happy to be shot of him. Uh, Glenn Johnson, I've I've previously said things about. I'm just kind of sick about of ex-Stoke players mouthing off on national radio stations to further their careers. And yeah, part of that still applies, but it just shows you how toxic this club was in sort of dressing room wise. And this is why I'm so determined to give Nathan Jones time because we've still got players on the books who we need to get rid of. And this is a, a culture that is fested for too long, and we're only just clearing some of these players now. Yeah, I think um, one thing that always has stuck in my head for ages and ages was um, Villa's chairman talking about how good a job Steve Bruce did to keep um, Villa in the Premier League, in the Championship, when they first went down that first season. And I feel... Not that I'm praising Rower or, or Jones last season because at the end of the day we just simply weren't good enough. But 
I feel it sort of shines some light on how hard it can be to overcome a dressing room problem that is sort of in bed and when you've got 15 of your 25 players who at the end of the day think they're too good don't give a crap don't work hard enough how hard it can be to turn it round and I think that's something that we've definitely seen with our have we made 10 signings yeah 10 uh yeah no. I've, yeah I've 10. Got 10 yeah 10 signings shows that just how focused it's been at turning that round 10 signings plus the six or whatever we signed last season as well so I think that's why Jones needs a bit more time just to because he's changed the culture and now he's got to get as good at football mm. it's sort of the second part of his job I'm Ricardo Fuller and you're listening to the Wizard of Driven Podcast this season we've completely revamped our Patreon to give our loyal supporters more content and more value for money by supporting this podcast for as little as $1 a month, you'll get exclusive content as well as getting to hear our special episodes before everyone else. We've also got tiers for those who want to pay a bit more with rewards such as priority when it comes to correspondence, the chance to be on the pod, to guest edit the podcast or to have a whole episode devoted to you. We've also added an advertisers tier. So if your business could do with reaching the ears of well over 1,000 Stoke fans a week, get in touch. Every penny goes towards supporting the podcast and helping us grow in the ever-competitive world of football podcasting. But whether you pay $1 a month, which is currently less than 85p, or advertise with us full-time, we'll be giving you more and more podcasts throughout the season. Get involved at patreon.com forward slash wizards of drivel. We'll move on to the uh, midfield now. And Tom, I am a little bit, I'm, I'm a little bit excited about this one. Uh, Mark Duffy from Sheffield United, uh, season-long loan. Um, initial scepticism, 33-year-old uh, listed as a winger. Um, and I was like, hey, that doesn't, that doesn't quite fit the, uh, the process. That's, that's not quite what Jones is looking for. <laughs> but uh, I, was, what, I was reading your Twitter conversation with uh, the aforementioned Blades Analytics and reading some of the Sheffield United comments uh, underneath the tweet announcing his departure. Oh my God, they they really, really love him. I I mean, yeah, it does genuinely seem like we've got a player who probably, fitness-wise and age-wise, couldn't have um, stepped up to the Premier League. But, I mean... He he completed the most um, deep completions, and, and deep completion is a pass. If you imagine like a, a, a basketball circle that goes around the, the hoop in basketball, now imagine that on a football pitch. So like the D of the penalty box just carries on all the way to the line. In there is a deep completion. Um, so obviously passing into that place is one of the best things you can do as a creative player. Mm. And, you know, Pablo Hernandez is 34 and most people have him down as the best player in the championship. So come on down, Mark Duffy. This could be fun. Yeah. Um, I was, I was surprised to just see us go for a player uh, in midfield. Uh, I wasn't really hope. I wasn't really expecting a defensive midfielder, although there have been calls for one. Uh, but Duffy, we are we seeing him as a ten, as a backup for Powell, maybe, or are we seeing him play elsewhere in midfield? Uh, where do we think he fits in the in the uh, now controversial diamond? 
Uh, he'd probably at the 10, but you never know with Nathan Jones. He does love going ultra-attacking. And my sort of random throw-out-there shot, like my Danny Bart scoring 10 headers this season, is Tom Ince might drop deeper into like a into one of the midfield two of the diamond. But Ooh. at the end of the day, we're just stacked. We're just stacked there. Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't think Joe Allen's very good, but we've got... In those sort of most advanced three positions in the midfield, I feel happy, like really happy with the options we've got there. Um, And Duffy just adds to that. So, I don't know, there's a lot of competition and hopefully someone can, like, be good. You you look at the stats and you look at the comments from the Sheffield United fans, you, you almost wonder... Why wasn't he like a first choice signing that we make back in July? You know, uh, it, it seems churlish to say like signing at any point's good, but it's kind of like, did we just realise that this guy's really good on deadline day and then and then go for him? Um, also, uh, a lot of people worried about where it leaves Tebow over Linden as well. What 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 are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I, I think I've spoken a lot about how maybe the intense atmosphere specifically now where it, like, I think before before we started um, we were talking about what on earth happens if we don't win at Charlton or if we God forbid lose against Charlton I don't think getting booed off every half is the best environment for a uh, young player to try and develop in especially without a lot of senior pros around them to sort of shield them from that criticism so whilst I'm frustrated that we aren't really giving youth well it doesn't look like we're giving youth that much of a chance to shine I understand Jones's misgivings with it all mm, okay um move on to defense then uh, uh a signing who both both loan signings today did seem to come somewhat out of the blue I I hadn't heard either name mentioned uh, before today, uh, Cameron Carter Vickers in from Tottenham Hotspur on loan. Uh, young centre back has had previous loans in the Championship before, uh, notably at Swansea. Uh, where does this? Where does he slot in? Is he back? Is he centre half number four? As he is he above Nathan Collins in the pecking order? What's going on? He's probably left-sided centre-half number two, is what I'd guess, or at least competing with Lindsay. Um, Just quickly looking at where he played mostly for Swansea. I think, yeah, it was on the left um, mostly for Swansea. So I think Jones is insistent on having a specialist right centre-back and a specialist left centre-back. And Bart's struggle against QPR sort of proved that justified that thought process so I don't think he says anything about Nathan Collins's future I think while Shawcross is still not fit Collins will be second choice to Danny Bart on the right of defence um, but I do think he indicates much as the fact that Jones said we only had two centre-backs to pick from for QPR uh, that Bruno's gone hmm. uh, Yeah so obviously there are still some players uh, who we anticipate leaving because of the foreign transfer windows closing after ours. So Bruno Martins Indy would be one. Uh, any others we think might leave for abroad and die maybe? 
in Beulah. Like, you forget, like, Moritz Bauer is still at the club and odd little situations like that. Is Kevin Vimmer still our player? I mean, I have no idea. Has anyone seen Mamjouf? I mean, I know they have. My cousin told me he saw saw him at Manchester Airport, so I don't know. I think it is just all those... It's safe to assume that all of those bomb squad players without squad numbers, whatever, won't be anywhere, Mm. anywhere come the 1st of September. And they're probably the kind of players, with the way we've been at the minute, where it makes sense for that to happen because clubs will push for their option A for all window and then come to when times come into a crunch and go, actually, can't sign him, going to have to go take a risk on Moritz Bauer, going to have to take a risk on loaning Gianelli and Bueller, going to have to take a risk on paying Kevin Wimmer's food bill. I'm Danny Higginbotham, and you're listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Once again, the Wizards of Drivel podcast has partnered up with Beer 52, the UK's biggest craft beer discovery club. This month, I've been enjoying a curated case of beers from around the Danube. If you join Beer 52 through us, you get your first case free, just pay postage, and you can pause or cancel your subscription at any point after that. To get free beer and to join the club, go to beer52.com forward slash wizards. Well, a couple of points uh, from Twitter. Uh, from Connor Jordan, should have bought a solid left back. McLean isn't the answer. I feel bad for Davis and Lindsay. Glad Campbell and Edwards and Villinden are still here. Probably need a CAM since Powell is injury prone and Bojan has left. Six out of ten transfer window. Uh, and Joel Wamsley uh, lists uh, several left backs we should have been in for. James Justin, Lloyd Kelly, Jada Silver, Aaron Kressel, Joe Bryan, Ben Osborne, Reese James, Anthony Robertson... Other left backs are available. the The big kind of oh, what uh, should we have got one of them is undoubtedly the left back James McLean. Uh, not impressing people against QPR, James McLean getting people worried in general about us going the whole season without a kind of recognised left back. Yes, uh, Ward has come in, but he doesn't seem like a a starter for the moment, at least. Uh, what What do you think about the whole left back situation? Uh, yeah, I, I think there was some really good left backs, especially Jade Silva. Um, it broke my heart when he went to Bristol a little bit. Uh, who we could have gone for, but I'm willing to give McLean time. I'm willing to give McLean until January because I feel that Jones has a very particular set of skills he wants his fullbacks to have. Um, and if he can't meet them, I think he feels it's pointless to spend money on someone who meets a few of them when he's got McLean who meets a few of them and he can try and work with him to be better rather than splashing 10 million on someone who's not quite right, who might not work out in the end. Uh, Liam says, I think on the left-back front, Jones obviously has confidence in Klukas. Imagine that's why he's gone for Duffy. As for a phobia, I'd have kept him. Uh, Klukas then, is he our kind of backup left-back now, do we think? Or uh, can we see Klukas potentially staking the claim in that position? No idea, because Jones, when he first came in, said Klukas had all the attributes to be a great left-back and then sort of said, but he doesn't want to play there, so cracking on. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's like sort of doing like passive aggression to be like, no, Sam, you will be a left-back. Um, and we saw him shifted there against QPR. I, I don't know. He might do, I, I, especially with Etebo coming back. There's a centre midfielder who'll play in those two wide positions in the diamond and he cannot be left out full stop mm. so maybe he shifts back 
Right. Uh, before we kind of wrap up with our final thoughts on uh, the transfer window as a whole, uh, I thought I'd uh, do the first quiz of the season. And, uh, you know, Tom, you're all expected kilns, uh, analytical data man. So you should know the answer to every football question. And quite frankly, it's a disgrace if you get any of these following questions wrong. So it's, <laughs> so it's a little quiz about uh, Stoke City's uh, transfer window thus far. There's... Uh, kind of four questions, uh, and the first off, uh, first question is uh, of the ten new additions at Stoke, with the exception of Cameron Carter Vickers, which player's surname has the biggest score in Scrabble? Oh, um, oh, I'm now just running through all of the players' names and thinking it. Um, is it? Hmm. Liam Lindsay. Liam Lindsay uh, would score 11 in Scrabble, uh, but so would uh, Powell. Uh, Cousins would score 9. Davis would score 10. Hogan would score 9. Ward would score 8. Gregory would score 12. But Duffy <sighs> would score 15. Carter Vickers, 24. <sighs> you're, off to a bad, you're off to a bad start there, Tom. Uh, maybe you can redeem yourself with this next question. Um uh, to the nearest year, what is the average age of all 10 new additions? Uh, so we've got a few low ones in like Lindsay, Carter Vickers, but then most of them are like older than 25 with a few really old ones. So 28. It's 27. Oh, I was close. Should have gone for 27. Yeah. That would have been I right. I think it's an average of 27.1. Uh, I think uh, Ward and uh, Gregory are like pushing that, pushing that up a bit. Um, so uh, we have seen, we saw uh, Mark Duffy play last season. I keep, I keep wanting to say Shane Duffy. That's a different footballer, isn't it, Shane Duffy? He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't do good deep completions. Right. Uh, we we saw uh, Duffy play at Bramall Lane. Uh, last season in a one-all draw. Uh, you'll remember that Joe Allen once again dug us out of the dirt with a, a Matt Shaven free kick, one of his specialities. What I want to know is, of the Stoke squad from that game, how many of the 18 are still at the club? Ooh. Oh, a phobie's left. Ince is still there. McLean's still there. Erbo's still there. Did Klukas play? Sure. Are you counting Shawcross? I'm, I'm assuming he, yeah, because he's just injured. Or did he even play? Oh my god! This um, is the Sheffield United game from uh, from, from October like, time. I, I think Gary Rowett was uh, suspended from the stands for this game. Uh, we drank Jai Paws uh, in the train station. He's gone for nine. We did drink Jai Paws. Yeah, so that might have addled your memory somewhat. So let's go through this uh, 18 did. then. Uh, Butland, still at the club. Martina, Williams. Martin Zindi, at the club in kind of name only at this point, I suppose. Uh, so that's two. Peters, Ince, Alan Woods. That's taken up to five. McLean is six. Berahino, Afobi, Adam, Shawcross for seven. Fletcher, Crouch, Bojan, Edwards for eight, Federici for nine. I'm not sure I've counted correctly there. 
I mean, you've been nice in giving me Bruno as not being Butland, here, but that... Bruno, Ince, Allen, Woods, McLean, Shawcross, Edwards and Federici. Nine. Well just, done. Just give me whatever trophy you have. There we go. Um, and kind of <laughs> the final question then is... Uh, I'm going to give you the name of a football club and I want you to tell me which Stoke City new signing uh, started their career there. Vauxhall Motors. Come on, this is easy. Yeah, it's got to be Greggy. No, it's not. Because is he not South London? No, is he Yorkshire? Oh, is it? No, he's not Cousins. No idea. No idea he started playing for Vauxhall. That's Duffy. Oh, there we go. Uh, Partick Thistle. Uh, Lindsay. Lindsay is correct. Well done. Uh, Bohemians. Ward. Ward is correct. Going to see Bohemians next week, maybe. Potential interesting one. And uh, finally, Staveley Miners Welfare. Sorry, what? (laughs) Staveley Miners Welfare. As in... People who go down mines, not uh, small down children. Mines, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, who looks the most likely to go down a mine and come out? I think that's a, that's a football? good thing to think. I think that's a sound logic. He's got the strongest jawline. I feel bad because I've already suggested it. Is it? Is it Lee Gregory? It's Gregory. There we go. Yes, that's a three out of four yeah. on that final question. That's not bad at all. Uh, yeah, so that was the quiz. That was the fun stuff. Now, back to slagging off uh, our transfer business. Um, out of 10 then, all things considered, we've not spent a lot of money, but we've got 10 players in. We've got some players out, uh, if not the entire bomb squad, then a handful of them. How would you rate our window out of 10? I, I spoilers if you've already read my Twitter, uh, I gave us an 8. Because I think I'm judging that off. Like a five would be we've maintained the squad, the same quality in the squad. I think we've significantly improved not just the technical ability with players like Powell, um, but also just the the characterness and the the steeliness and the winning mentality that I think is for a stats person I'm bizarrely going to say really important and is one of those intangibles where I think it looks like there seems players get in a rhythm and, and they're hungry for wins and the more you win the more easier it is to carry on winning games and I think we've got a squad full of winners mm. I'm going to slightly disagree I think it's between a 5 and a 6 for me um, I like the character I think that's the kind of the biggest factor that's kind of uh it's the kind of biggest success story of the window for me is getting rid of uh, Berahino and uh, a couple of others who may may have, who have been that deadwood for us. Um, but I would also say there is still quite a lot of deadwood still to shift. Hopefully, the foreign window can do that for us. But uh, Gregory, I think, I think we're really going to like. Um, Powell, I think, is a really good player. I'm really excited about Shane Duffy. Uh, not Shane Duffy, Mark Duffy. Um, Lindsay, I think, could be a quality player. And it is that mix of experience and youth and uh, there's potential for players to develop at the club. And 
like you say, uh, character, changing the culture of the club. That's the biggest thing. However, uh, we are pinning an awful lot on James McLean at left back. I think Cousins could be good, and I hope he is, but I'm very, very sceptical about him as a defensive midfielder for the whole season. Uh, I think striker-wise, as much as I think Gregory's going to be good, I, I, I still feel we are very light. Um, midfield, apart from the defensive midfield position, I think you mentioned before, a lot to be excited about there with Powell and Duffy and Ince maybe in the attacking positions, Alan Etebo, Klukas uh, in the kind of the, the two in the diamond. There's a there's a lot to work with there, so uh, that's that's a positive. But I've, I've said this before and forgive me I just don't feel like this is a top six squad it's a very heavy squad but I don't think it's quite fully balanced enough I think there are easily uh, five or six teams that are better than us I think we're going to finish 11th this season but you know what that's fine because 11th is better than 16th and I want to see progress I don't expect us to win the title I know Jones said "Oh, oh we want promotion Yes, but he's not going to say he doesn't want promotion, is he? I think we need to just breathe out right now. Just go, right, okay, this is the team. We'll get behind them. Hopefully we win at Charlton. And if we don't win at Charlton, can we not tear the fucking ground down and just chill out? This is a process, guys. Um, And I'm also not for abandoning the diamond it is a process. It's a six out of ten window. I think largely because of the players still to get out and the kind of how heavy the squad is at the moment. But we've just got to we've just got to breathe. Um, any other any other final thoughts before we wrap the podcast up? I mean, if we do lose against um, Charlton and fancy tearing the ground down. That does do Duchelet out of quite a considerable asset, and I think that's morally in the uh, idea of football at the minute. Actually, no, that is a point I'd like to make because um, the transfer window deadline day is the amalgamation of everything that's wrong in football at the minute. Mm. Um, I just just feel really sorry for Berry fans who've had another game called off today, and their football club's probably going to cease to exist before long. Um, and that's just sad. Yeah, look at you making a, a worthy point right to end on. Um, <laughs> yeah, com- yeah, completely agree. It is uh, very, very distasteful and jarring when you look at the transfer fees. And yes, I'm, I'm not... Um, who was it uh, on TalkSport? Saunders or someone was saying, like, oh, they should give money to Berry because, because they've got so much. I'm not one for saying that but it is quite distasteful when you look at the transfer fees compared to uh, the relative little that Berry uh, would have been able to get by on and yeah pretty grim but uh, as for Stoke uh, we are all fingers crossed at the moment that uh, this kind of new look team now can uh, start getting some results because God knows we need them thank you very much Tom Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Go on, Stoke. Do you remember the town?
bags with the tip of the tap before the dawn of the dressing gown. 